Hello, my name is Hayley Morris and this is Conversation Time. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope you're doing really, really well and I hope that lockdown is treating you as well as it can. I know that it's such a difficult time at the moment and I know people are really, really struggling and it's it's just a very strange time, isn't it? But I hope that you're looking after yourself, being patient and allowing yourself to just do whatever feels right for you. So I am very excited to introduce today's guest. I am joined by Emma Zia and we go on a deep dive. I honestly, absolutely love this podcast. I will say go in with an open mind because we do talk about things that I know not everyone agrees with. I know that not everyone is kind of in alignment with, but I really think you'll enjoy this one. It's so interesting hearing Emma's journey into spirituality, hearing about her stepping into her authentic self. We talk about meditation, we talk about intimacy, sex, all kinds of things really. We really went deep on this one. So I really hope that you enjoy today's episode. If you want to learn more about Emma or if you want to book a one-on-one reading with her then you can find her on Instagram at Emma Zia and then I think it's two underscores but I will leave those details linked below in the show notes and without further ado let's jump straight in. Yay! Um, okay, so the first thing, I mean, obviously I've got a million questions for you because, I mean, you're very interesting and I want to know so much. Um, but how, when you, because obviously I, I know that your background is kind of in dance and this is kind of quite different what you're doing now. So how did you, how did you kind of get into the spirit kind of world? Yeah, very good question. So do you know what's funny is they're actually not that different because a lot of the work that I do now is about embodiment. Mm -hmm. So it is a lot about, you know, moving energy through the body, releasing pain through the body, bioenergetics, movement, Mm -hmm. using your voice and things like that, which obviously integrates with my performing arts background. Mm -hmm. Um, So with me, I feel like movement is my ultimate expression. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I obviously started dancing when I was like five years old. So it's always been part of my coding. And it's interesting because definitely the the two are interlinked. Like dance is how I express myself. What's interesting that, and I've also always been surrounded in the spirit, the spiritual stuff as well, because I was born into a family of energy healers and psychics. (laughs) So it was kind of inevitable that I was going to kind of follow this path. And yeah, ever since I was a kid, I had, you know, precognition and extrasensory perception and I could pick up on energies and everything like that. And then what was interesting is after, so I obviously studied dance at uni, as I think you know, and Mm -hmm. I started my dance business after that. And the inspiration for my dance business was to help women like bring out this fierce, wild side of them, Mm -hmm. which was kind of like this sexy kind of confidence. You know, I wanted to give women a space where they could really channel that energy and bring that out because I saw that so, you know, it was just suppressed so many women don't explore that part of themselves and it's funny because now what I do is the same thing it's just using a different tool so I don't think dance is necessarily for me in terms of career but it's always going to be a part of everything I do and now I can still have the same impact with my clients but just using different like modalities. So what is it that you if you can explain kind of what you do as a job now? Yeah so it's hard to kind of put a label on it um, but I've kind of packaged it as a trans 
transformation coach. So I'm trained in energy psychology and energy healing, um, holistic counseling, meditation, and I'm doing my tantra practitioner training at the moment as well. So basically it's a selection or a collection of different mind-body practices for healing and for growth and to improve human functioning, mm -hmm. basically. Yeah, and really the, the, the kind of premise of what I do and why I do it is to, to bring people out of hiding, to bring, you know, that, that wild side, that, that confidence, that self-esteem, to help them have deeper intimacy and in relationships and to open up you know consciously conscious expansion so that's kind of what I do using all these different tools um, so that people can really step into their fullest expression I feel like if you're not fully expressing yourself mm -hmm. then you're not going to live a full life you know which so. is something that I think all of us do I'm not even realizing it a lot of us don't understand how to express ourselves and why we've kind of blocked so much of ourselves off and I don't know if you have any insight on why that is if it's kind of down to past trauma childhood or where that comes from because I know as you're saying about the dance thing I know so many people they just feel I guess uncomfortable in being their full self or being sexy or kind mm -hmm. of you know releasing that that inner part of themselves is such a hard thing to do yeah it's definitely I feel like it's a generational thing it's we when we go through socialization so when we um you know most of us in western culture are born into a society which means we go through socialization so we mold ourselves into the expectations of that society and that culture and as we go through that process of molding ourselves there'll be certain parts of ourselves that won't necessarily be approved of or mm -hmm accepted of by the people around us and because a sense of belonging and love and connection is one of the basic human needs if not the most important one for our survival we will deny reject and suppress those parts of ourselves that we don't feel are going to be approved of by others or mm -hmm. the society because deep down we have this longing to belong to connect to have love and if anything is going to threaten that then we will disregard that part of ourselves so that we can fit into that mold so this is why in our adult lives, it's kind of a case of unraveling, unraveling all that conditioning. And, and honestly, like the generation we're in now is just such a beautiful platform for us to do that. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, look at how many coaches there are, look at, you know, the bloom of social media, how, you know, mental health is such an important thing at the moment. It's everyone's doing this process of unraveling at the moment, which is beautiful. And to be honest, I think it's just part from a more spiritual perspective. Mm -hmm. I think that's just part of our mission here on this planet is to forget who we are and then rediscover that and through that process as a collective we are growing we are expanding we are evolving mm -hmm. through that journey of self-discovery and self-exploration I love that you say that because I think it's so true I mean there's a film out at the moment that Disney did called Soul and it kind of all reverts back to that idea that you know you come onto this uh completely you know you have this higher self that's there at the beginning and then when you come onto earth you forget all about that and the whole reason you're here and it I just I find the whole concept really interesting because it's such a strange idea that you come here having no idea about your past or anything and then it's your mission to kind of find that or understand what your purpose was to be here or what you were trying to achieve. I also just find it amazing how much spirituality has come out this year. Well, not this year, in the last few years. I think a few years ago, if I spoke to you and you said this is kind of what you were doing, I think a lot of people would be like, well, that's a bit weird. What, what, what on earth does that mean? Uh, yeah. Whereas now it's kind of like, oh, how can I get my own coach? Like, how can 
can I uh, can I dive more into this world? And I know uh, my cousin who's 17, she messaged me yesterday and was like, how do I get into, you know, like manifestation and being more in tune with myself? And I just found it so interesting that new generations are just so open to it, where before yeah. it was such a, oh, you're such a hippie. Yeah, oh, 100%. And mm. I've been called hippie many a time. And it actually used to be a trigger word for me mm-hmm. because I think I associate hippie with the peace and love movement in the 1960s which was beautiful and it had to happen because that was actually the first point of the accession the accession process that we're going through now that was like the beginning stages they opened this up for us Mm -hmm. whether we were conscious of of it or not but when people used to call me hippie it used to trigger me because the spiritual path isn't unicorns and rainbows and fairies it Mm -hmm. is you know it takes you to your darkest places yeah and that's something that I'm very very honest about because in my spiritual awakening journey it was far from easy and even talking about it I can feel it has still a little bit of charge because when I think back to that time in my life it was really can I swear yeah yeah or, okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was really fucking hard <laughs> yeah and you know when people kind of say hippie I almost mm-hmm. used to feel like it was kind of disregarding that process disregarding mm-hmm. that integration process of those parts of ourselves that we've disowned denied rejected suppressed but I did my own work on that and now I've got over it and I'm like you know what some people might see it as hippie and then that's fine that's just their perception and where they're at in their current reality and yeah but I think going back to what you said about how it would be really weird that's that's basically what I was hiding my whole life yeah because I was I almost feel like I grew up in two separate worlds and one world was where I was at home with my family and you know we'd meditate and we'd talk about spirit guides and we'd go to like the spirit festival and we'd have crystals and stuff like this and you know that was very open and it was very just normal and then I'd go to school and no one was talking about it there was a lot of bitching a lot of gossiping a lot of drama everything that I really struggled with Mm -hmm. it really was in conflict with my home life which again is obviously just part of my experience but Mm -hmm. I felt like I was almost living in two parallel realities and so I was hiding that spiritual side of myself and it took years to actually open up and tell people about that side of myself and you know about my psychic ability and everything like that Mm -hmm. years and I think that also comes down to past generations where you know if you look at anyone that was a healer or you know look at Jesus Mm -hmm. you know all of these people that had these healing abilities or psychic abilities or anything beyond the five senses they were burnt at the stake yeah you know they were just completely ripped into for having that ability so I think that there's a lot of what our generation's doing now is unraveling a lot of that ancestral trauma Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff down the bloodline and it's not easy but I think we are so supported in our generation now because so many people are more self-aware yeah and you know there's so much um so many more books and resources to support us through the process that now is the time that we can do that ancestral healing and healing through the bloodline and everything like that so yeah. yeah it's definitely so much more accepted and almost encouraged now which I think is amazing and you go mm-hmm. to a self-help book section now in a, a library or in a bookstore and it's kind of a very okay. big section now and it used to be <laughs> yeah. tiny but like what, what was it that kind of made you I guess come out of the spiritual closet like how what was that process and why did you decide that you know I, I want to just be me now mm. it was a process so this is the thing is for me it's not been an overnight thing and it's mm-hmm. not been one huge life-changing moment like an accident or a death or something like that for me the the process of my personal development journey started when I was at uni Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I was actually doing, so I studied dance, but I was doing um, an assignment on social media. This is when it wasn't big. <laughs> it was like years ago. <laughs> Sounds weird saying it now. And I was actually like really hesitant to get on social media. So I was kind of exploring into how people can have this online persona, which means they choose how other people perceive them, mm-hmm. which is, you know, inauthentic in a sense. Obviously, I could go into that way different now, but that was kind of my process. And through that journey, it took me down this rabbit hole of studying self-esteem. And I started reading this book. It's called The Eight Pillars of Self-Esteem by Nathaniel Nathaniel Brandon. And as I was reading it, it was like peeling back my own layers. And it was like, it was giving me all the answers. Like it was just making so much sense to why I was operating the way that I was and why I was thinking the way that I did, my relationships and everything like that. And as soon as I went through this, just through reading the book and feeling those internal shifts, everything in my external world started to shift. And I remember like I got a boyfriend and we were like really into each other. And I remember I was more confident in social groups because I used to have really bad social anxiety. Mm -hmm. And it was a different kind of confident like I'd always been very out there to people I didn't know and just kind of you know I could talk to anyone even when I was a kid but I was very socially anxious around people that I did know or people that were closer to me which is interesting because I was so scared of people seeing me for who I am and not accepting Mm -hmm. me so as I started this reading this book it kind of started peeling back those layers and I started to cultivate this authentic confidence it was from a completely different place it wasn't me putting on this persona and like speaking to people it was from this place of wow I'm rebuilding this self-esteem I'm reintegrating those parts of myself that I threw so much self-hatred at like when I was younger so that's kind of what kick-started it and then just gradually through there I just started doing courses and I did um so I trained as an energy psychologist which Mm -hmm. kind of brought a lot of stuff up so I was a bit more open about that people didn't really know what energy psychology was back then then when I moved to Australia I just had so many wild spiritual experiences and going through my spiritual awakening and I just gradually I've been able to kind of open up more and more and more about it Mm -hmm. and through doing that as well, I've connected with so many people, think the same, feel the same, see the world from that same lens. And like the kind of conversations I have with my friends now are ridiculous. (laughs) So different to, you know, back at uni or at school. Yes, it's crazy. And like, you know, when we do pre-drinks now, like we're doing breath work and we're doing like meditation. We're getting ourselves pumped from the inside. I love that. Um, Yeah. And like the questions that we ask each other, it's like super in-depth it's not like you know how's the weather or how was your Mm -hmm. holiday it's like you know what planet do you think you're from like what (laughs) you know what have you so and that's what really lights me up and Mm -hmm. I feel like as a collective I feel so supported especially through what we're going through now you know so many people are coming out this spiritual closet and we're all like we get it like we're all in the same boat so yeah oh I love that that's such a nice kind of I don't know it's just it's sort of just realizing that it's okay to be you and to explore the things that you want to explore without having fear of what other people may think or I don't know just I guess because it has been so different from what society has put on us it's nice to kind of break out of that and just be like no this is me this is Mm. what lights me up this is this is my thing and I'm just gonna you know be and do it Um, and the thing is I always bring myself back to the fact that I have one life in this brain and in this body and I feel like whatever is whatever those feelings we get those intuitive nudges those callings those kind of internal pings that we get that is meant for us that is our truth because that's energetic resonance Mm -hmm. 
So if you feel that you resonate with spirituality, it's because that's your truth. Yeah. Say yes and explore, like open that door, even if it scares you, even if you're like, I don't know what this is or what this spiritual thing is or what this philosophy is, just open that door and explore it. Because if you're feeling it, then that's happening for a reason. And it's because it resonates with you. And, you know, if you, I mean, again, we could go down a rabbit hole here, but, you know, society and, you know, people in the elite have wanted to suppress this in us for generations. They've not wanted people to step into their spirituality and to really harness and cultivate that awareness that they have potential, that they are the creator of their reality, you know, all of this powerful stuff. And luckily science is catching up and, you know, especially quantum physics, like Dr. Joe Dispenza is making huge movements um, in the spiritual realm because he doesn't market himself as a spiritual person. But when you hear what he says and everything he talks about, it's supernatural activity. Mm -hmm. So it's all very spiritual. So yeah, I think it's been suppressed for generations. And I think now we're stepping up and I just think, fuck it why not yeah you have one life like don't suppress that part of yourself if you have that calling no and I I I do find it so interesting when you say about you know the elites kind of wanting to suppress it because I think recently in the last kind of year I've noticed it more and more with social media and distraction like I think as a society we are so overstimulated you know we we don't have to ever have silence we can have some sort of story playing while we sleep we can have YouTube on or Spotify on while we're getting ready in the morning when you go for a walk you're listening to a podcast or music and you never have that time on your own anymore which you know I think when I was growing up I had a lot of time just on my own I didn't have an iPad as a kid you know that wasn't around um it was just toys and your imagination and as I've got older obviously I think I've started to notice how distracted I am and how little I'm listening to myself internally and that's kind Mm. of you know where I think for me meditation comes in and I think I need to kind of tune in with myself and I'm not very good at meditation I think a lot of people struggle with it because they don't know where to start or how to kind of get into that zone I know I've spoken to you about this before and I I find that fascinating I I mean I'd love to talk about meditation with you because I know that you're so kind of in tune with it and I guess master that in a way (laughs) (laughs) yeah and what's interesting I'm like so passionate about this topic because I get it's probably one of the most common questions I get on social media is how do I meditate mm-hmm. what do I do how do I do this and I think I posted this on a story the other day or I recorded a video I'm not even sure if I released it mm-hmm. but um the I think the reason that people fear meditation so much and they don't start in the first place is because they feel like you have to get it right yeah and there is no right or wrong with meditation it is a completely unique subjective experience and every meditation every practice is going to be different it's gonna you're going to explore different parts of yourself as you go into each practice but I think we were brought up in a society where we're either good or we're bad yeah you know if you look at schools like the the way that they do exams like the way that they test our knowledge and we have to sit there and we have to do these exam questions I think it's complete bullshit they created this system which is based on one way that people can learn completely disregarding that we are all unique we all have different ways of learning and different ways of expression and you know all of those things and so I feel like because we're so set in these ways of being a good girl or a good boy or you know bad girl bad boy we don't want to fall into that realm of doing something bad doing something wrong 
wrong because mm-hmm. that's only going to what's the word I'm looking for it's only going to affirm mm-hmm. the very common belief that we're not enough so and I know that's going really deep down the rabbit hole with with that one thing but this is just what I do I, I like to like really think about Sorry, things so interesting <laughs> yeah <laughs> I like to really observe and be like okay so what's actually going on here like what mm-hmm. is the real reason like people say that they don't have time or it's this and you know it's all of those excuses are bullshit like if you knew the power that meditation could do for you and how it can change your life it's free you can do it anywhere with anyone at any time you would if it was like in a pill like the effects that you get from meditation if you could buy that in a pill everyone would be buying it Mm -hmm. because it's that quick fix it's that I don't have to do anything I just take this pill and it's that exchange of money so I feel like I'm getting something from it Mm-hmm. it's just you have to just create the space and you just have to start somewhere yeah and it's gonna feel uncomfortable it's like going to the gym like you don't go in there and you can't squat like 170 you know kgs yeah. to start <laughs> off with like you've got to build up to it you've got to really train that meditation muscle and what's interesting as well is I think another reason I think people fear meditation is because they fear sitting with themselves People are so afraid to just be with themselves. And that kind of comes back to what you were saying about social media. And, you know, we're in a world of so much stimulation. Mm. It's distraction. And all of these things serve us, you know, social media, especially going through this pandemic. Can you imagine if there was no social media and we Mm. couldn't connect with people? Like I wouldn't be living in Australia because I wouldn't be able to contact my family. So I'd still be in England. And, you know, so all of these things serve us. But we have to be self-aware as the consumer because we have to not let these external sources take away from our true power. And the power is always within, Mm. always within. So you have to create that space. You have to make that time. And I would just suggest like for people to just start off doing say two minutes a day. Because once you've done those two minutes, you know that you've done it. So you're going to feel accomplished. Mm-hmm. which is going to kind of, you know, ignite that that dopamine that you've achieved something. And then the next day you can do five minutes, see how you go with that for a week and then kind of work your way up to 10 minutes and 20 minutes mm-hmm. and just explore with different guided meditations. That's what really excites me about meditation is it's just a buffet for your yeah. mind. <laughs> you know, if you do the whole guided thing, there are so many different and different meditation styles will suit different outcomes. Yeah. You know, if you want to focus more on manifestation, then creative visualization would be mm-hmm. perfect for that. Or if you want to focus on self-awareness, especially awareness of the body, then a Vipassana meditation would be perfect for that. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to be more present in the moment, which is definitely what a lot of us need to do, yeah. especially, you know, on that note of distractions and everything, mm-hmm. then a Zen meditation, which is so easy. You can do it in the shower, you can do it for a walk, you can do it just sitting there in a conversation. Mm-hmm. A Zen meditation is just using your five senses, just becoming so sensitized to your five senses to bring your awareness into the present moment. Mm -hmm. And that's really as simple as it is. You don't need a guided meditation or anything like that. You just focus on what you hear, what you smell, what you taste, what you touch. And it just has a way to bring your awareness into the present moment, which means you're not worrying about the future and you're not Mm -hmm. stuck in the past. So it is so strange when you think about meditation and how the the connotation around it and how people have, I mean, I suppose it does go back to that kind of good and bad and how we're all so afraid of getting it wrong, but we all hear, and I mean, I I can speak on behalf of myself, I suppose, but I think, you know, a lot of us hear about, you know, all the benefits and everything that can come from it and how all the most successful people meditate and, Mm -hmm. you know, they've really got to this level of awareness within themselves. And I mean, I'm 
always looking online, like what are the benefits and like, what, what do people mm-hmm. get from it? Because the experience that I've had with meditation is all over the place really. And I, I know when I kind of reach a good place in myself, I kind of feel like my, it's really hard to explain, but it almost feels like levels going up when I'm there mm-hmm. um, and like a buzz. But I mean, I'd love to hear kind of how it feels for you when you're meditating and kind of, I know you talk a lot about getting downloads and charged mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I find that really fascinating. And I'd, I'd love to know more about that. Mm. <laughs> the downloads it's so funny because I was talking to my mum on the phone before mm. and I said to her I was like it's so annoying because I always get my downloads in the evening mm. like I want to go to bed and then before I go to bed I get all these downloads and she thought I was talking about the computer <laughs> she was like just put your computer away so <laughs> like, I was like no like spiritual downloads mm. but I think it comes through in the evening because that's when I'm in my most relaxed state so yeah. when your brain waves change yeah. that's when you're more susceptible you're more suggestible so the information comes through mm. it's a perfect time to tune into your intuition my experience with meditation I rarely ever do guided meditations because what's interesting is I've been through such an accelerated like spiritual growth in the last couple of years that the guided meditation almost takes me off my path. Yeah. <laughs> so I tried to do one the other day. I tried to do a Joe Dispenza one and I was like, if anything, it's just getting in my way because I'm not, <laughs> I'm not freezing, just, you know. Yeah. But I also think, you know, for people starting out guided is perfect and beautiful. And that's how I started out on the journey as well. Mm. But I, I explore with different styles of meditation. So I'd say in the last, like, sometimes I, sometimes I get pulled into the meditation. So Mm. I don't have a choice. My spirit guides are just like calling me. And the only, the only kind of way that I can liken, the only thing I can liken it to is, you know, when you're about to be sick. Yeah. And like, you know, it's coming. <laughs> like, there's no stopping it, no matter how hard you try. That's what happens when my spirit guides pull me into it. And I'm a little bit like cheeky because I try and delay it because I know it's going to be like a really big, like I could be there for like two, three hours. Mm. So I'll be doing stuff around the house. I'll be like cleaning or doing this or doing that. And then my spirit guides are just like, Emma, just sit the fuck down. (laughs) We've got something to tell you. Those types of meditations are when I feel like I literally leave my body. Mm -hmm. Like I just get taken to a whole other realm. And then sometimes it takes a while to kind of settle and ground myself back into my physical form. Other times, like in the last six months or so, I've really been experimenting with moving meditation because I've been very much in my feminine energy. Because as you know, we all have feminine energy and masculine energy within us. And I've been so in my feminine and the feminine is all about the flow and the adventure and, you know, intuition and just, you know, just, oh yeah, this and that. And, you know, it can be wild sometimes. So I've really been kind of experimenting with that. And I find that through going into a moving meditation, it will then take me into a sitting down meditation. And Mm -hmm. I just like to kind of see how that goes. Um, But I love working with my body because sometimes you don't want to sit down like 20 minutes or an hour or whatever it is mm-hmm. and just sit there because it's a very masculine thing it's disciplined and it's yeah and and it's perfect for training that part of our brain and for training that masculine energy but I think I've been so my feminine that I'm like no nah, I'm just gonna <laughs> move that. and I'm gonna flow <laughs> yeah so that's been really fun and then recently I've been experimenting with voice Mm-hmm. Like in the last kind of three months, I've been very interested in how we can use our voice to really unblock energy and to transmute energy and to really get us prepared for the day as well. I feel like when you do a meditation, that's a little bit movement, a little bit mind, a little bit voice. Mm-hmm. It's like you're just waking up your entire being, you know, and the vibrations of your voice can align the vibrations, the energetic vibrations in your body. So 
since doing my tantra practitioner training, I've been working with mantras. Mm-hmm. So I do that. So I just repeat a mantra for 108 times every mm-hmm. morning, which has been an interesting experience because I'm not used to I'm not used to being held by a tradition like that. Yeah. You know, like using a mantra and, and doing deity worship and stuff like that. It's all very new to me, but I'm very devoted to the process. So that's kind of what I'm experimenting with at the moment. So you spoke a little bit there about your spirit guides and kind of being able to know when they're there pulling you in. And at the beginning, you kind of talked about when you were younger, you kind of felt energy. And I know you've spoken about the fact you kind of have those psychic abilities. What does that feel like? And how did you kind of come to understand that ability Mm. I think like the first thing that I want to say is everyone everyone is psychic and everyone has the ability to feel energy transmute energy telepathy it's just that some of us are born slightly more in tune with that part of ourselves and some of us aren't and that just depends on our own individual journey and I just think that's really important because some people like I even I do this weird thing where I always look up words in the dictionary (laughs) (laughs) to like to actually look at the correct meaning and I looked up psychic the other day and it said a special ability and to me that kind of indicates that it's special in terms of not everyone has it and I'm just like no everyone has it it's just a case of of like bringing down the barriers that stops you from having access to that kind of understanding and that kind of awareness. Mm -hmm. So when I was younger, I was always seeing events before they manifested and they felt so real that I genuinely couldn't tell the difference between what I had in a vision and what was reality. And interesting because my family started to be like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, It was really weird. Like I remember there was one, um, okay, so I used to, I used to do it a lot like if we'd go on day trips and stuff I would already visualize and always see exactly what this place was like you know how many people were there and stuff like that and when we got there it was like exactly how I described it I used to do dance competitions and I would always have visions of where I got placed and that would always manifest so my mum then started getting really excited she'd always be like oh did you have any visions like Mm -hmm. and I was so young I was like five six seven years old I didn't know what was going on but there was this one time and I'll never forget it where me and the family were sitting down watching a movie and we were sitting there and I was like oh we've already seen this movie and they're like no it's literally just come out and I was like no and I was explaining the plot exactly what happened and I was like you were sitting there and you were sitting there we were having this discussion I was like this has already happened and they were like no it hasn't and I tripped out big time Mm -hmm. because I was like wow so I've obviously just switched realities because in my you know my belief is that we live in a quantum reality we live in a quantum universe so in this moment in time well there is no linear time so all potential realities exist our past our present our future what we would consider our past present and future is all happening in this moment so it just depends on our energetic vibration which depends what reality we align with and what I found in my experience is I sometimes quantum jump (laughs) so I'll experience something and then I'll come back to the other reality and I'll remember that it's already happened but it hasn't happened yet for other people which is a complete mindfuck and like last year that was happening all the time because I went through I went through a huge spiritual shift last year and I remember I really struggled it was for about six weeks I really struggled to function doing like basic shit like going on the computer like paying bills stuff like this like I was just struggling because I was in another reality like it was really hard for me and I remember I was speaking to a friend of mine at the time like every single day because she was going through a similar thing and she's a mm-hmm. shaman in Bali and she was just supporting me through it she was like it's all right you've got this because there, there would be things where I would speak to 
someone about organizing like a meetup. I'd put it in my calendar, we'd have a conversation about it and I'd remember it so clearly. And then the next day they'd text me being like, oh, do you want to hang out tomorrow? And I'm like, yeah, like it's already in my diary. Like we've had this conversation. And they're like, no, we've never had this conversation. And I was like, what the fuck? Like it was really hard. Yeah, I know. I didn't know like, I didn't know who I'd spoken to, like Mm. what I was doing. And like, it was so hard for me that I actually found that I spent more time in the astral realm. Like I was just meditating for like five, six hours a day because it was easier for me to be connected in that space than it was mm. to be here, which is wild. But that is wild. I've kind of, <laughs> I haven't actually shared that with anyone. So that's the mm. first time I've said that. And there's a lot more to it than that, but it's pretty, pretty intense. <laughs> Do you think that's kind of why we get deja vu or what we know as deja vu when you're like, oh, this, is, this has happened before? And you're like, deja vu? Yeah, I can't believe you've asked this question. This is something that I was asking myself a lot last year. And I remember mm. I put it out on my Instagram and everyone had these different kind of perspectives. I I haven't like fully looked into it or like come to a conclusion about it, but that's kind of off the cuff. That's what I feel like it would be. Yeah. Is that we switch, we jump between realities. So we feel like we've already experienced it. Yeah. I love that. Oh, whenever I have deja vu, I'm always like, this is, it just really feels tricky. so weird. So yeah. weird. And you, you kind of just can't get your head around it, but you're kind of taught, oh, it's normal. It's just deja vu. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's bizarre. Yeah. And I reckon that's what it is. It has and- to be. Yeah. So yeah, I kind of um I've kind of been experiencing like all of those weird little things since I was a kid. I actually ended up getting really bad social anxiety because I stuck because I could pick up on energies and I didn't know how to control it. Mm-hmm. It was so unbelievably overwhelming. And yeah. I remember like when I was like 15, I was working in a cafe and oh my goodness, every day I would walk in there and I'd be serving loads and loads of people and I would pick up on arguments that they're having with their spouses or death in the family or this emotional thing and I was just like whoa this is intense and I would go home and be so depleted I couldn't talk to anyone couldn't see anyone I was just like and and that's why I was kind of so introverted because it was just hard for me to be around so many people because I was just picking up on all this stuff so then I started working with a psychic medium and she actually we like sat in a circle um and she actually taught me how to kind of open and close my energy channels and how to protect my energy and best thing I've ever done because I've and it's funny because a lot of my clients and a lot of people come to me that struggle with energy depletion because they're empathic and because they can pick up on other people's energies and when you learn to protect your energy absolute game changer you're not going to feel that fatigue you're not going to feel all of those kind of muggy feelings that you feel normally so that was just amazing for me and then now I find that I actually don't get drained by anyone like anyone's energy yeah because it's so like my vortex is so strong like I'm not allowing that Mm. in so I choose when I open up to someone's energy which is what I do when I do readings on people um and then I can close it and just dissolve it and it's you know I'm not kind of holding on to it so that's yeah I I can imagine that feels amazing because I think I without realizing it I think I kind of have felt abilities in myself throughout my life and I know that I kind of I, I guess everyone has that but when you walk into a room you can you can read the energy straight away you know what you're kind of experiencing or what you're walking into like I've, I've just bought a flat and when I walked into that flat it felt very welcoming and homely but there were other places I looked at and I just felt they just it was like a dark energy and I always see it as color but I am very much oh, that person. I just 
person that will spend yeah. time with someone and walk away and be like, I need a nap. Yes. Yeah. You've got to protect it. Mm. You've got to protect it. So I, I do like an energy bubble. So you can use whatever visual is good for you. So you can use like an energy spacesuit or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, but I use an energy bubble and I visualize. Um, so I open my chakras just by breathing the energy from my base chakra all the way through to my mm-hmm. crown and, and up and out and surrounding me. And then I visualize this kind of bubble of protection and I sit there until I feel like it's strong, like until mm-hmm. I feel like it's like holding my energy. And then I visualize these huge mirrors going all the way around the outside facing outwards. Mm-hmm. And I set the intention that any negative energy that comes towards me gets deflected back out again so that I'm not going to be absorbing other people's energy. Yeah. And my clients have actually found that really helpful to protect their own. So you can try it. I'll give that a go, go for sure. <laughs> Anything to stop feeling drained. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, Another thing. So when you you say you kind of let that go and you do energy readings or you do readings with people, what do you mean by like, like what do you, what kind of things come through to you? Obviously mm. not like, you know, person by person, but just in general, what kind of things do you experience? Yeah. So it's interesting because so similar to kind of what I just said, when I tune into someone's energy, I, I open my chakras and then I connect. Mm-hmm. I call in my higher self and my spirit guides and ancestors and divine beings. I then call in that person. So I just I don't really need to know their name. It's mm-hmm. just that because energy is energy, right? I get yeah. a lot of questions of, um, you know, can you do energy readings like abroad or online? Is that? And I'm like, absolutely, because energy is not confined by time and space. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no kind of you have to pin in a code to access that energy. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, when someone's coming to you for a reading, they've given you permission to tune into their energy. So with that permission, I would never read anyone that hasn't given me permission. So with that permission, I don't necessarily need to know their name. Name, but I normally call them in by by their first name and just feel into their energy. I call in their higher self and their spirit squad. And as soon as I do that, I feel something. So sometimes it will feel like a heavy energy. Sometimes it will feel like a light energy. Sometimes their spirit guides are laughing and I'm like, okay, this person's pretty cool. They're pretty fun. Yeah. And that's when I start to get, so I work with colors as well. So I get a lot of colors come to me and that kind of shows me where their emotional set point is and where they're holding that emotion in the body. So that's kind of a big indicator but I also this is what's really funny is I take on the energy so because I channel before I jump on a call with them so I channel for either 30 minutes or an hour before mm-hmm. depending on what reading they choose I start to take on whatever they're doing so like it was so funny a couple of months ago I had this this girl that I was doing a reading with and I tuned into her energy and then I went up to go and get something and I came and sat back down and I forgot to pick it up and I was like okay I'll do it again that happened three times and I was like my god this chick is like forgetful <laughs> <laughs> she's driving me crazy because I keep forgetting things and I was being really careless and so that that was kind of what came through very strongly so that's what I can communicate um like one that I had recently was I tuned into energy and I started choking and I had this huge coughing fit and I was choking and I was like okay so she feels suffocated there's mm-hmm. someone in her life that is suffocating her and she feels that and that's what my body is telling me me so yeah colors and physical expressions and then what I do is I because I write it down as I as I channel so I break it up into mental emotional and physical blocks Mm -hmm. so a lot of the information that comes through to me will be physical so I'll pick up that they've got like a hip injury and a right hip or something and it's a stiffness or a stabbing pain and then from that I get the information of what the emotional mental root causes that is manifested as that physical ailment that's a big thing Um, and yeah I kind of break it down to emotional mental physical to kind of 
kind of figure out the mapping of where that came from. So a lot of the readings I do is looking into really what is blocking them. So childhood trauma, like anything from their past that is blocking them. And then I give them direction on how and where to move forward, kind of based on what's come up in the reading. I think I can imagine it's really hard when you're experiencing these problems or this stuff's arising and it's come from past trauma or childhood experience or things, you know, ancestral, I suppose. Like how how do you break out from that? Because I think that's where we're so ingrained in our ways and, you know, we've done it for however long we've been on on earth for how do you get out of that cycle because we all cope with things because of a certain thing that's happened to us or how we're brought up but how, how do you break that cycle and come out of that mm. the first thing is awareness mm-hmm. because like the awareness is self-awareness is your superpower if anyone's going to start on a self-development journey it's becoming aware of those thoughts of those patterns and when you cultivate that level of self-awareness you become the observer of your life experience which gives you the power to change it because so many of us are living in our life experience that we can't see it from an outsider's perspective Mm -hmm. and you know like when you go to a friend when you've got a problem and you talk to them about something and they give you advice and stuff like that is because you're getting that outsider's perspective you can't necessarily see what's going on because you're in and around that experience yourself so that's why I say to people to become the observer of your experience is like the first step because it's almost like you're being that friend to yourself and you can be like Hayley why are you doing that why are you saying that why is that so I would definitely say to people take some time to um, create what I call an observer journal so set yourself a task for like two weeks that you're gonna write down every time you get triggered into a state of stress or into any other negative state Mm -hmm. so anger frustration normally we get triggered into stress and that then activates these different emotions in us but whenever you get triggered into an emotional sorry negative emotional state write that down be like okay this person or this triggered me or this environment and do that without judgment and without resistance and just be an observer just be a witness of your experience and you'll start to notice through doing that through writing it down because again writing it down is seeing it from an outsider's perspective it's gonna you're gonna see where there are common themes start to see where there are common triggers common things in your environment that aren't healthy for you they're they're triggering you they're not um you know they're detrimental to your mental health so you'll start to pick up on that and then you'll also start to pick up on your thought patterns your inner dialogue what you're Mm -hmm. telling yourself and just having that awareness is going to initiate the healing process because when you have that awareness you're no longer denying it or rejecting it you're bringing presence to it and that is extremely powerful and it's crazy because it sounds so simple yeah and everyone's like I've got to do this I've got to do that and I'm like seriously it's I find that through my experience of personal development it's the simplest things that reveal the most depth so doing that observer journal is going to give you so much awareness of yourself you're going to start to become an expert in you and that's what you need to do to start making changes it's so interesting that you say that it's the simpler and easier well not easier but the things that sound so simple that are the the biggest things that help you because I think we've all just come to this idea that if something is going to help you or be good for you it has to be difficult like nothing is easy and if it's easy it's not going to work and I think I guess that's proof that it doesn't have to always be an uphill struggle it can just be this very simple thing that brings you to what you want 100% and again it comes back to this 
this this cultural conditioning that we always have to be doing something to feel validated mm. we have to be doing something or achieving something to feel enough to feel loved to feel supported and so that's why we always feel like oh it's got to be complicated it's got to be you know this or that for us to feel like we're achieving it doesn't it's the simplest things like meditation just being able to sit with yourself mm-hmm. it's a very simple task doesn't mean it's easy but it's a very simple task but that practice in itself will reveal so much depth about you so yeah that's interesting and it's a very common belief someone said this to me the other day they said that common um saying that you know good things don't come easily and I was like I'm gonna need you to change that round right now (laughs) because you're gonna be swimming upstream if Mm -hmm. you have that belief that good things don't come easily you're gonna be swimming upstream you're gonna be feeling like you're always stuck you're always struggling because you're not open to things coming to you easily and effortlessly like change that belief reframe that and open that portal Mm -hmm. to no you know what I want and need comes easily and effortlessly to me yeah I love that you good and thank you yeah I think I I've sort of grown up with that mantra of it's so difficult to get anything you want and especially money I think money is one of those things that you know I think everyone kind of has a problem with and we're all taught it's so it's like filthy it's hard to get it you know brings about negative energy and it's it's a greed thing and I grew up with that whole ideology and then as I got older I was like why do I feel this bad about money and why do I feel like it's so unavailable to me and I I have this mantra Mm. now that I try and repeat as often as possible that money flows to me like water you know it's a constant stream it's always there and it's it's an easy flow rather than thinking it was so hard to get how do you get money and it has been such an eye-opening and amazing experience for me but I think it's still something that I guess money is just I mean money's just energy isn't it at the end of the day but we're just taught so many different things about it absolutely and do you know what it is it's because we put so much importance on money that we put it on in a sense we put it on a pedestal and if we put anything on a pedestal then it's there's an energetic gap between where we are and that thing that we've got there so you know a lot of people like and it's the same with goals financial goals anything like if you want a certain amount of money you can't put it on a pedestal of you know I'm going to work to get there and I'm going to achieve this and do this and do this yes there are certain action steps but you have to allow that amount of money to feel natural for you yeah to feel comfortable you to feel that it is already in your vortex and just say thank you universe it is done it's mine it is done again I was saying this to someone today like you know when someone gives you something that you want you say thank you you. So if you want that money, say thank you, universe. It's already mm. happened because it's already there. You know, that reality already exists where you have that amount of money. You've just got to align with that vibration. And I think again, coming back to what we said at the beginning of the podcast, is it's very much a societal and cultural thing that, you know, there's certain people that don't want people to have money. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at like the large companies and who they're run by, they're all run by the same fucking people. Yeah. Because it's a sense of control the more money you have the more control you have because we can't exist without it Mm. it's part of our survival so and this is what's very interesting about like bitcoin and cryptocurrency because i'm sure you saw the whole game stock 
yeah and like yeah Elon Musk yeah like it's giving the power back to the people because we are always going to be in control by the elite if we are living on their currency Mm -hmm. that's just what it is and you know isn't it interesting like all these things like manifestation law of attraction Mm -hmm. and the fact that we live in a a vibrational universe the reason that we don't know this stuff in school is because we are being controlled and if everyone knew this and everyone was living by these philosophies and embodying and practicing this they wouldn't be in control of us anymore and we would be financially free and we would be living our potential and traveling and and doing our businesses and our projects that we've always wanted to do because we would have complete and utter faith Mm -hmm. that that was our path and that was our destiny so you have to look at it from that perspective and it's shifting it's changing with cryptocurrency and you know people are we now have the opportunity to decentralize our financial income but the power is going back with the people i know that sounds really preachy but it is and Mm. yeah so fuck yeah (laughs) yeah i I mean i think we're all starting to slowly wake up to the education system i know i don't know if you saw it recently in the uk news i don't know if it went anywhere further than the uk but zoe sugg who's a youtuber i don't know if you know who she is zoella the aqa in the uk picked her up with her website and a book and you know made her part of the curriculum for gcse and a level and Uh. then there was this scandal quote unquote that you know her website included reviews on sex toys and talked about yeah and it was outrageous like she didn't first of all she didn't know she was part of it second of all she's a 30 year old woman who has grown up online and obviously her content has gone towards that side because it's something that women Mm. talk about and it you know it's an educational thing for so many people that weren't taught that at school Mm. and we I learned this as well from my friend who recently had a baby and she spoke about her experience with birth and we talked about it on this podcast you're like as a as a woman we aren't taught anything about our own body like we don't know anything about ourselves (laughs) yeah and it's just like that was the most eye-opening thing when I spoke to my friend Ellen and then when I saw this stuff come out in the news about Zoella I just thought Jesus fucking Christ the education system is literally run by old white men that go Mm. right this is what you're taught this is what you'll know um Mm. the most important thing about sex is men all about them and make sure they wear a condom but the pleasure Mm. is from them not for you you just you know have periods and have babies and the education system has failed us in so many ways Mm. and at the heart of it it's denied so much in women and femininity Mm. and understanding who we are and what we can do and it's just it baffles me so I'm so passionate about this you just fired me up (laughs) I love this topic because if you think about it like sexual suppression is one of the biggest forms of control the biggest forms of control and I was thinking today it took me like 25 years of my life to realize what sex actually is Mm. and we were taught well there's different types of education it's either the education that you get in school where it's it doesn't talk about pleasure. It doesn't talk about mm-hmm. the fact that that is your life force fucking energy. It talks about don't do this because you're going to get AIDS or don't do this because you're going to get chlamydia and this. Mm-hmm. And it's fear. It just bombards us with fear. And then the other side of it, well, there's also religion, you know, religion being on this, this premise that sex is purely for procreation mm-hmm. and that, you know, you can't experience that pleasure and unlock that part of yourself until you're, you've married someone. Don't even get me started. And then the other, form of education 
is through porn, mm -hmm. which is completely unrealistic and disconnected mm. sex. Like sex isn't just, okay, let's get a hit, which is to be honest with you, what I, how I used to operate, which yeah. is why my yeah. whole kind of philosophy on it is completely shifted because I used to be like, oh, like I feel really horny. Like, you know, I want to have sex with someone like just mm. so I can feel that buzz, like whatever. Yeah. Sex isn't about that. Mm. It is, it's kind of this dance between giving and receiving, but it's a union, you know? And that sexual energy, that orgasmic energy is our life force energy. Mm. It's the energy that conceives human life. And there is nothing more fucking powerful than that. And when, so my spiritual awakening was triggered through an energy orgasm. I oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> it's a crazy story. <laughs> I'm full of stories. So I, I had um, PCOS, which is polycystic ovary syndrome mm -hmm. for almost a year. And during that time, I didn't have a cycle mm -hmm. and I was going through absolute agony. I was having like premenstrual depression, even though mm -hmm. I've never had that before. I was having like extremely bad pain and um, like every month, even though I wasn't having a period yeah. and all of this stuff. And that was just crazy to me. And I went to see an energy healer. I did things like I went to see a naturopath and I changed like my mm -hmm. diet and my lifestyle, but nothing still didn't have my cycle. I went to go see an energy healer and we did a session. We did like an hour and a half session. It was just talking. And I was just telling him about everything I've been through and this and that. And he was like, right, I need to see you in a couple of days. And I'm going to do something with you that I don't do with everyone, but I can tell that you're ready. And it's completely with integrity, right? So I turned up a couple of days later, not, and thank God he didn't tell me what was going to happen because <laughs> I probably wouldn't have turned up. I'd be like, what? <laughs> So, and you can actually YouTube it. So he basically performed this energy orgasm, which is simply moving the energy from the base, your base chakra, all mm -hmm. the way through all the chakras up through your crown and out, which is what an orgasm is. Mm -hmm. It's that moment when we release and we feel that complete ecstasy and euphoria. That's when we connect purely with spirit, with the mm -hmm. divine. And that's what I didn't realize at the time. So he did this energy orgasm. There's no actual touching or anything. It's purely yeah. just energy manipulation, just moving it up. And honestly, <laughs> I walked out of that session and everything looked different and felt different. Really? Like it was as if I was on psychedelics. <laughs> like it was crazy. Everything was super bright and vibrant. Everything like felt so good. Everything tasted so good. Like I went home and I was having lunch and my partner at the time was sitting next to me and I was just sitting there just really enjoying this food. And I was like looking out the window and like, he was like, Emma, what the hell happened in that <laughs> <you> session? <laughs> Yeah. And I was just, he was like, have you taken something? And I was like, no, I'm just like, I'm just experiencing pure bliss, mm. like pure bliss. And that lasted for six weeks. And the way that the universe worked is I just got let go of my job mm -hmm. just like on the Thursday. And then, cause I wasn't happy there. And then on the Friday is when I went to the healing session, Sundays when I had that energy orgasm. So I had six weeks of no work mm. and it was complete bliss and I was just like holy shit I wasn't even sleeping I had this life force energy pulsating through me 24 7 wow and I didn't even feel tired because it's just like because again like life force energy is creative energy because mm -hmm. it creates human life so I was super creative I was writing a lot I was walking a lot and I was also doing a lot of research on other people that had experienced these kind of awakenings because I was like, it doesn't make sense to me, but mm -hmm. it feels fucking amazing. And what was incredible is a couple of weeks after that, 
I came on my period. Really? First time in almost a year. Wow. No pain, no PMS, no premenstrual depression, Mm -hmm. nothing. And I called my mum crying my eyes out. (laughs) I was like, I've never been so happy to come on my period before. And I was like, it's the energy. It shifted. And um, because it was just blocked energy in my sacral center, which Mm -hmm. is very common. It's what a lot of women have. It's a lot of, a lot of my clients have the same thing. And that just kickstarted this whole awakening. So I had those six weeks of bliss and then it was like two years of fucking hell it was like a roller coaster I like I broke up with my partner I had to like move in with my brother and his girlfriend at the time which was a triggering situation and loads of other stuff so I could talk about it for hours but yeah so that's kind of when I realized what sex actually is what sexual energy actually is and how as a society we don't honor that no. we don't honor our bodies in that way we don't honor that energy in that way and you know so many people have got this this porn mentality of let's just get a hit and this and that and it, it's very unrealistic you know guys a lot of guys learn how to have sex through porn but porn mm-hmm. is a performance so so many guys go into a sexual union with someone thinking it's a performance and that there's an outcome and that they need to be an agenda and that's not what it's about no you know and women on the flip side because there is a lot of this is generalizing but there is a lot of male predator energy mm-hmm. um you know i'm sure every woman in their life has been slapped on the ass or said a comment to which wasn't welcomed you know it wasn't received so in some way, shape or form, a lot of us have experienced some sort of sexual assault, whether that's um, with words, physically or energetically or whatever. So with women, we struggle to relax into sex. We struggle to surrender. Mm. And surrender is what allows you to have an orgasm so a lot of women that can't orgasm through i love how we've gone here in this podcast it's <laughs> really graphic but we're here um, <laughs> just realized what i was talking about i was like holy shit i'm here for it <laughs> um, like a lot of women that can only come through clit stimulation mm-hmm. they struggle to let go they struggle to be in their feminine they struggle to surrender and be in flow mm-hmm. which is why they can't orgasm through penetration mm-hmm. they don't feel safe you know and it's all subconscious like consciously they've consented and stuff like that but it's all in a subconscious level and it's all very much how our culture has shaped our beliefs about it and our education Mm -hmm. about it so I think people really need to look at okay what was my sexual education yeah you know what was my sexual experiences where did I learn to have sex and but and just unravel that shit and start to just connect like connect with people and stop thinking of I think the most detrimental thing that has happened through all of this with women is we've been taught to hate our bodies and feel uncomfortable about how they look and question whether it's normal to be this way or not normal to be another way and I guess that is all because of the porn industry you look at your you look at that and you think I don't look like that but I should look Mm -hmm. like that and this shouldn't wobble and all of this stuff and I think if you go into an experience holding all of that you are tense you're uncomfortable and and you're not yeah. not as you said surrendering at all which is why like I give my clients the assignment of self-pleasure mm. which is a bloody fun homework if you ask me yeah. but what's interesting is when we go into because a lot of women actually don't self-pleasure and mm-hmm. uh, they don't like to touch themselves or see themselves in that way and our body contains so much wisdom ancient wisdom divine intelligence mm. and you know as a woman we must be connected with our body we must drop into our body that is just part of 
our coding. It's part of what we're here to do. And so it's important that we feel safe in our body. And when we go through the practice of doing like a daily self-pleasure ritual, through doing that, we'll start to release some of that conditioning and that, that tenseness and that trauma because we're bringing that loving presence to it. Mm. And when you bring love and you bring light into something, it dissipates the darkness. So by doing that, you're going to start to awaken this new sense of aliveness within you. Mm-hmm. And I do a daily sensual practice because when I had my awakening, it really heightened my senses. And then I did a daily Zen meditation, which is what I said at the beginning. Yeah. And just through doing that, just through doing a Zen meditation and just becoming very heightened and aware, everything can feel delicious and everything can feel beautiful. And every single night I do that, I set up the space, I have essential oils, I have a candle, I put on some beautiful essential music and, mm. you know, wear something really sexy, something really good. And I just move and I just become very in tune with my body and sensitized to myself. And I really listen to her and what she's showing me and telling me. And and it's so important as a woman that we do that because that's our power. And there's nothing more liberating than than being in that space where you fully own yourself. And I, sorry, I'm super passionate. When I'm passionate, I just keep talking. No, no, go for it, honestly. <laughs> I wrote today that I believe that there is nothing more sexy from the opposite sex perspective than a woman that knows herself yeah. and loves herself and accepts all parts and all facets of her being. Whatever shape you are, whatever size you are, mm-hmm. whatever hair color you've got, that is just, it doesn't matter. Like, yes, there are certain appearance things, appearance conditions, which is what people are going to be attracted to. Mm-hmm. But attraction and sexual energy, sexual Um, that polarity, that sexual tension is really a presence. It's an energy. Mm -hmm. And that energy is born through accepting yourself and loving yourself. And like from someone that's been through a complete transformation, I feel so liberated where I am now. Just, I love myself regardless. And that's, to me, that's fucking sexy. Yeah, (laughs) it's amazing. I think we've always been told to be ashamed. Well, if you say you well if you used to say I love myself you were thought of being narcissistic and self-involved and it was something that was looked down on if if someone was like oh no I I love myself I love what I look like it's always like all right Mm. bit full of yourself whereas now it's like no you should like you can't keep going through life being like I hate myself I hate who I am because it just all it does is make you feel miserable and it it affects how you connect with other people and it affects your every single day life and Mm. you're not here to serve someone else you're not here to be someone else's idea of perfect you're here to be you and unfortunately we aren't told this from birth and we aren't taught this and I hope it is something that we start to teach this new generation and go forward with it but I think everyone just has this idea growing up that you have to be the media's sort of idea of perfect or you you have to be like all the models or this this and that and you know at the heart of it it's like the, the only person that you're here to impress is yourself and the only person you're here to open up to is yourself like you you have to be authentically you and just really step into yourself to have the experience that you're here to have absolutely and like I've realized that the key is authenticity The key is really finding and connecting with your authentic self. And I know that that term is thrown around left, right and center. So it's kind of lost a bit of its juice, but Mm. that's really what it is because I feel like there's a lot of fakeness. There's a lot of fake confidence. There's a lot of, you know, fake this, fake that. 
when you're operating from your authentic sense of being, Mm. there is no fakeness. And I can't even explain like the confidence you feel from that authentic place. Nothing, nothing can doubt that. And that's the place that I'm at. And it's taken me a hell of a lot Mm. to get here. But this is why I want to share what I, you know, what I want to share like with women and everything now, because I want to help others fast track that process Yeah, because it feels so fucking good. And the thing is, without being in your authentic self, you're not going to experience true intimacy in your relationships Mm. because you're not going to want to, you're not going to, you're not opening the space to be seen, felt and heard for who you truly are, which is the definition of intimacy. Mm. So if you're not being your authentic self, you're not going to experience deeper intimacy And if you're not your authentic self, so you're living as an inauthentic version of yourself, you're going to be attracting inauthentic life experiences. And this will be people and work. And, you know, like when people feel so stuck about their direction in life and where they're going, Mm -hmm. align with who you are and everything will make sense. That's what it is, because otherwise you're going to be striving for things that are from your inauthentic place, your persona, Mm -hmm. your facade, your overlay. So as soon as you connect to and do that work, everything is going to start to unfold. Well, I honestly don't think that that could have ended on a better note, to be honest. I absolutely adored this conversation. I think it was so eye-opening. It was so important as well. There's, there's things that we spoke about in this episode that I think are incredibly important subjects. Talking about female pleasure and intimacy, it's something that we've all found so icky because we've been brought up the idea that it is icky and it's a private thing and I mean it is a private thing but we've we've just never been okay with accepting intimacy as females and and men I think it's all been about wham bam thank you ma'am and it's not about that there's so much more to it and I just I really loved this part of the conversation because I think it's so important for people to hear especially what with what happened with Zoe Sugg recently I think it's opening up such a good positive conversation for women and just dissolving that shame that we've held for so long so thank you so much Emma for coming on and having this conversation I think it was so healing it was so important and it was just really really enjoyable and I hope you all enjoyed this episode as much as I did and if you did enjoy this episode it would mean a lot if you gave us a rating and a review and I will speak to you next week for another episode.